my one request in life is for somebody to add more hours to the day so I can do everything exactly when I want to on schedule. Unfortunately, family things come up, work things come up, side project things come up, and things get pushed, and I hate it, I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. We gotta get to the show. I've been so excited to talk about all of this. So excited to have our guests on for the day. We have Amboy, girls basketball players, Mallory Powers, and Abby Payne, as well as the Lady Clippers 14-year coach, Mike McCracken. But he's been with Amboy a long, long time in other roles. He speaks about all that. First, before we even say anything more about Amboy, about our guests, we have to talk about the NFL Draft. It's been the last couple days, today being Sunday, May 2nd. Welcome, May. Please bring your flowers. Sick of rain, sick of cold, had snow in April. Wow. Let's just have some nice weather for a little bit. See some beautiful bloomings, some beautiful flowers, all that awesome stuff. Would love it, right? Would love it. Anyway, the Chicago Bears did something most Bears fans love, including me. They traded up with the New York Giants to get the 11th pick. The Bears traded their 20th pick of this year and a fifth round of this year, a first round pick of next year, a fourth round pick of next year for the 11th pick of this year's draft, and they take Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields. This draft was a quarterback deep draft. Justin Fields, one of the top four, depending on what kind of quarterback you wanted, he was a top pick. The Bears making some moves, trying to show that they want this team to win. Ryan Pace, the general manager of the Bears, and Matt Nagy, the coach of the Bears, know that this is their last shot. It really is. Probably should have been fired after last year, after the Mitchell Trubisky debacle, but they're getting one more opportunity, so they grab fields. I'm cool with it. Very, very cool with it. He's talented. He's got potential. He's not even where he's going to be right now. Lots of development underway, but he's still a first-round 11th pick worthy quarterback. Fantastic. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. Now let's just see what the Bears can do with it. That's the issue, right? What can they do with a potential quarterback? Can they groom him to be a franchise quarterback, a top-five quarterback in the league, a Super Bowl-winning quarterback that can get you there every single year? A playoff annual quarterback that's got that type of talent. It just depends who you put around him. They have to groom that. They have to make a system that that quarterback can thrive in. They haven't done that for quite, quite, quite some time. The only franchise quarterback that the Chicago Bears can even really think of is Sid Luckman, who played in the 1940s. Jim McMahon, if you want to throw his name in there, there's going to be doubters. There's going to be people who say, he wasn't really a franchise quarterback, but he got the job done. He won a Super Bowl, right? The only Super Bowl, the Super Bowl era that the Chicago Bears can claim. I like it. Justin Fields has shown that he is a great talent on a top level, right? Ohio State was a college football playoff team. They got destroyed in the championship game by Alabama, but they showed they should be there throughout the rest of the season. And Alabama was a juggernaut that nobody wanted to play anyway. That wasn't even it for the Chicago Bears in terms of wheeling and dealing. So they make some more trades. 
the Bears received the 39th and 51st selections of this year's draft from the Carolina Panthers for the 52nd, 83rd, and 204th. They grabbed their other necessity, an offensive tackle, an offensive lineman, Tevin Jenkins. Six foot six, 320 pounds from Oklahoma State. First team, all Big 12 selection. The dude is massive. Massive. I'm six foot, 227, 228, and this guy makes me look like a midget. A legit midget. This dude is huge, and he can drive defensive linemen. If you're running the ball, Tevin Jenkins in front of you, pushing the line, game over. you got at least five yards every carry. This dude is a monster. He is massive and is going to be amazing for the Chicago Bears. So, first two picks, extremely, extremely, extremely happy about for the Chicago Bears. I am pumped. Want to see what Fields can do. Want to see Jenkins on the line just destroying people. With the Fields pick, do want to mention this because this is my opinion. Now we have three quarterbacks, right? We have Andy Dalton, who you just signed. You have Nick Foles, who you grabbed last year. And now you got rookie Justin Fields. This is how I think the quarterback depth chart should look going into the season, barring everybody is healthy, everybody can play the game. I would go one, Andy Dalton. Gave him some money, wanted him to be your starting quarterback. Keep it that way. Second, Nick Foles. You did give him a lot of money, gave him some incentives. You might as well run with him as your backup quarterback. Unless Dalton gets hurt, which could happen. He's known to be kind of fragile, can get hurt. I mean, he's a quarterback, right? That happens. And then let Fields sit back, watch what is going on in the NFL game, develop. This is an old school strategy that nobody does anymore. You get a talented kid that has potential, it's got the X's and O's, you think, to put on the football field, and then it happens and it doesn't work out. Let him grow. Let him develop behind two veterans that have been around. They've won games, and at times in their careers, have been spectacular. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl with Philadelphia Eagles and was the MVP of the game. Let Fields learn from that. Andy Dalton had a pretty good, okay career with Cincinnati Bengals, before his debacle season last year with Dallas Cowboys after having to fill in for Dak Prescott and the 17 other quarterbacks that they had. Let him sit back and learn from these veterans how to read the routes, how to read defenses. The NFL game is so much faster than college. They're bigger, they're stronger, they're the elite of the elite. If you make it to the NFL, you could be a scrub on that team. You are still one of the best football players in the country. Even if you're a scrub on the bench in the NFL, you are one of the best football players in the country. That is a whole nother level from college where you're taking the best out of high schools and that's hard to do because there's millions of high schools and you're trying to grab the best players, put them in a system that you want and maybe it doesn't even fit that type of player. But they have the potential, they got the star power, they got the abilities to do things, you put them in the right system, you put them in the right atmosphere, and then different things happen. That's how the world works, right? Not just in sports, everywhere. So, a lot of things can happen when you get to the NFL. I just hope that they groom him. They make Justin Fields 
a great quarterback, not just an okay, awesome college talent that came into the NFL, stayed around for 10 years, but really didn't do anything. That would be a shame. That would be a shame, and I hope that's not how it goes for the Chicago Bears. I'm looking up my hands together. They're class. Just please, please, Chicago, don't do it. Make this guy awesome. Give him a system. Give him linemen. Give him threats receiving-wise that he can get the ball to. Give him a running game. Let's build a team. Let's build a franchise. Let's quit with an amazing defense and then nothing offensively. That's what's been happening in Chicago. Why can't we have an amazing defense and an amazing offense? There's so many amazing players that you don't even have to pay a gazillion dollars for and make a solid team. Let's make that happen. Hopefully it starts right here. We got a monster offensive tackle in Tevin Jenkins and a quarterback that could be great in Justin Fields. I'm pumped, if you couldn't tell. Like I said, this is episode 167. I am host Brandon LaChance. We had Mallory Powers, Abby Payne, seniors in Amboy, played for the Amboy girls basketball team this past season, and Mike McCracken, who is the head coach of the Lady Clippers. I spoke with Powers, Payne, and McCracken in the beginning of March. Like I've said a few times in the last couple podcasts, pods got pushed because of family life, things going on, personal issues that had to be taken care of right before we get on the mic and have an entertaining show. Don't want negative to overpower, you know, even a tone of a voice. You can tell that on the audio airwaves of radio or podcast, any type of broadcast. So, finally got him on. This was a great conversation with all three of them. The Lady Clippers finished the season 14-1, sharing the Northwest Upstate Illini Conference title with Eastland of Lanark. We talk a lot about Eastland. That one loss is to Eastland. Eastland's one loss is from Amboy. Both of those games we dive into with all three of our Amboy guests. For the season, Powers averaged 17.9 points, 6.6 rebounds, 3.8 assists, and 3.6 steals, doing everything. Payne did the same as a point guard. 14.7 points, 6.7 assists, and 3.6 steals per game. Both of them got recognized all over the state. The Illinois Basketball Coaches Association selected both of them on the All-State team. Associated Press had Powers on the first team and Payne on the second team. But that's not the only Lady Clippers that saw some recognition. Senior Gabby Jones and junior Olivia Dingus were IBCA special mentions. Gabby Jones, a friend of Edge of Your Seat podcast, she was on last year as the Lady Clippers went to the sectional final and lost to Eastland. You see the common denominator here? Anytime Eastland fails, it's because of Amboy. Anytime Amboy fails, it's because of Eastland. It is a crazy rivalry. It's one of those rivalries that you just want to see every time you're watching a basketball game, and they bring it hard. And both teams play to the best of their abilities when they're playing each other. So that's who we got on this show. Before we get to that, lots of things to break down. We got high school action starting from Tuesday to now, some more NFL draft talk, and just some things I want to talk about sports-wise going around the world right now. But first, let's dive into high school sports. In this section, prep athletics. 
is brought to you by Shimmer Mendota Ford, a community dealership that is here for you. Gonna start with some more recognitions. The big Northern Conference Volleyball All-Conference team was announced. Mendota had three representatives. On the first team, Jalen Fitzgerald. Second team, Ella Massey. Honorable mention, Jenna O'Donnell. Byron had the same breakdown as Izzy McKinley was on the first team, Addison Myers on the second team, and Maya Carlson, an honorable mention. The Mendota Boys Soccer team also had two players receiving honors as junior. Yahir Diaz was selected for the first team all-sectional National High School Soccer Coaches Association team. Joining him as an honorable mention was junior Josue Arteaga. Football-wise, after finishing the season 5-0, which we talked about a lot in episode 166, the LaSalle-Peru Cavaliers finished the season ranked on the 6A poll at the number 9 spot. Congrats to the Cavaliers, especially head coach Jose Medina, who was nominated as a coach of the week by the Chicago Bears. So big props to him. Big props to the Cavaliers for giving it their all all season. I did radio broadcasts with WLPO for all three of their home games against Rochelle, Ottawa, and Caneland. And it was amazing to watch. They did a great, great, great job all season long. And they deserved it. They deserved the 5-0. They deserved the recognition as well. On the all-conference Interstate 18, junior running back Matt Carrico. Junior, I'm going to say junior everything, Sean Whitfield, backup quarterback, running back, wide receiver, played some defense, dude did everything. Senior quarterback and linebacker Tyler Hartman, what a season he had, got dinged up a little bit, played through it for the most part, and showed he was a Cavalier. Junior linebacker Chris Swain, senior everything, Drake Weber, he could run, he could throw, he kicks, he does everything. Running back, wide receiver. I think he threw a couple passes as a running back quarterback. Defense, he monster stops. Just a great, great athlete. Senior defensive line, Levi Reed. WLPO player of the game a couple times. He's a monster. Just a big dude. Senior defensive line, Weston Wenzel. Senior offensive line, Carson Maricki. Big dudes that pushed, used their weight, their strength to get the job done. Honorable mentions for LP on the Interstate 8 All-Conference team. Senior defensive back David Narcus, who the last two or three games was like one of my favorite players. Talk about just a pesky, menacing defensive back. Two interceptions against Kalen in the last game of the season, which technically was week six, but it was week five for LaSalle Peru, as they did not play the first week of the season. Just hassles every wide receiver and makes the quarterback's job so much difficult. He's putting hands up. He's reaching for the ball. He is that dude when it comes to a secondary defensive back that you want on your team to make issues for every offense. Junior defensive back Trevon Hunter, who is like Narcus. This dude is quick. He's got talent. He reads defenses awesomely. He is going to be an even bigger monster coming back next year. Junior Outside linebacker Luke Murtis, you run up the middle, you're definitely going to meet Mr. Murtis. There are four more honorable mentions for the Cavaliers, and they're all linemen. 
Junior Will Doherty, Senior Aiden Van Duzer, Senior Eric Lane, and Senior Andrew DeMeso. Woo! These dudes used every inch of their big frames and got Carrico, Hartman, Weber, Reed when he ran the ball against Kalen. Junior Corey Walker saw some handoffs. Anybody that touched the ball for the Cavaliers were guaranteed a couple yards, at least, at least two to three yards because of the size, the girth, and the just brick wall that the offensive line was for the Cavaliers. The Cavaliers, not the only Illinois team, obviously not the only one, receiving honors. Man, Rondé Wurls from Princeton, talk about one heck of a career. He is signed to go be a linebacker with NIU Huskies. Going to be a D1 football player, Division I. The best of the best in the college ranks. As a running back for Princeton, he finishes as the Princeton and Borough County all-time leader in yards with 4,387. The record before him was 4,001 yard. And never mind you that they only played six games. They didn't have a full season. He has a full season. This could be pretty close to 5,000 yards, if not over 5,000 yards. Worlds is also the all-time touchdown leader with 74. Princeton-wise, single-season touchdown leader with 33. And he came up just a tad short on rushing yards, but he is second all-time on Princeton rushing yard sheet. Congratulations to all the football, volleyball, boys soccer players that did their thing this past season. COVID-19, there's these restrictions. You don't know if you're going to play. You are going to play. Don't know if you're going to school. You are going to school. So many different dynamics and things going on in life. And these kids came to the field, came to their sports stage, and did their thing. My hat's off to them. Congratulations to everything you were able to do. Now let's get to the spring sports and see what they're doing. Like right now, season's just starting about a week in. Tuesday, April 27th, we'll start right there on the softball field. LaSalle Peru defeated 3A number one Rock Island. So the best team in 3A, LP knocks them down. 6-2 in eight innings. Chloe Mitchell pitched eight innings, four Ks, no walks. Lauren Phillips and Taylor Martin each had two hits. Seneca routed Plano 11-1 in five innings. Taya Rowe with the win against Plano. At that point, she was 2-0 on the season. Zoe Hogus had a two-run walk-off to give them the five-inning, shortened-inning victory. Kiwani with a 10-0 five-inning victory over Henry Sinanchuan. And in the land of routes, as we see here, Streeter knocked off Reed Custer 18-2. Track and field in full swing. Kiwani defeated Newman and Erie Prophetstown for the boys. And then girls-wise, Kiwani beat Newman. Erie Prophetstown didn't have enough girls to bring over to qualify as a team. Also in track, Sterling won a triangular over Dixon and Winnebago. Cadence Weeks won the 100 and 200 in dynamic fashion. There is a video on Twitter, YouTube. She is fast, 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 fast. Girls soccer, Rock Island knocked off Sterling 5-2. Boys tennis, Sterling got a little bit of revenge, beating Rock Island 7-2. On the baseball field, Indian Creek 26, Leland 4. 
That's 22 run difference. Brennan McNally with the win for Indian Creek. Zach Bogle had a three-run home run in the game. A little closer contest. Seneca 11, Plano 10. Seneca was down 10-2 at one point till the six came. Scored eight runs, hit three home runs in one inning. Seneca 11, Plano 10. That's amazing. Talk about a great beginning of the season victory. That will get the athletic juices, the competitive juices flowing everywhere. Wednesday, April 28th, start with some girls soccer. Sycamore 6, LaSalle, Peru 0. The goals for the Lady Spartans, Ella Shipley 3, Abby Bordage, she scored a goal. She is a friend of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. She was on in the fall when Sycamore won a sectional in girls tennis. Olivia Connery also scored a goal, and so did Jetta Weaver. Sticking with girls soccer for one more score, Ottawa 5, Rochelle 1. Tennis, Sterling walloped DeKalb 6-1. In singles action, Sterling's Bretchen Peterson defeated Hunter Davis 6-0-6-1. For DeKalb, this was their one tally against Sterling on Wednesday, April 28th. Van Greitsch defeated Caden Luce 6-4-6-2. And also in singles action, Sterling's Carter Morris defeated Yar Nunez 6-1-6-1. On the softball field, continuing their victorious ways, Sterling 10, Forreston 4. For Sterling, Riley Dittmer, a three-run double. That will help you win a game. Jordan Bryant also had a two-run home run. Talk about a couple big hits. Nasty style. And that was just the first game of the season. So Wednesday, a 10-4 victory with a three-run double and a two-run home run. That's how you get the job done. Ottawa 14, Sycamore 6. For the Lady Pirates, Abby Kloss was 4-5 at the plate with two RBIs and a run. Lauren Carlson scored three runs. Morris 15, Plano 0. Anawan Weathersfield 10, Hall 2. LaSalle, Peru, 6. Rochelle, 1. For the Lady Cavs, Ava Lennon pitched four innings and got the W. Caitlin Gibson had three hits, including two doubles. Taylor Martin and Paige Kirkman each had two hits apiece. LaSalle, Peru had a lot to be proud of on the track stage as well. LP hosted a meet and had tons of victories. John Lemmer won the 110 and 300 hurdles. Ryan Hartman took the mile or the 1600, whichever you would like to call it. Trevon Hunter won the 100 meter dash. Peyton Hagee the high jump. Emmy Hackenberger the long jump. Emily Strell the triple jump. And the boys 3200 and 800 relays were all victorious. Baseball on Wednesday, April 28th. Hall 4, Geneseo 3. Ottawa 10, Rochelle 1. For Rochelle, Owen Engel was the lone hub to score a run. For Ottawa, Jack Olson pitched a complete game. Morris 12, Sandwich 0. Dixon 4, Byron 2. Serena 3, Hinkley Big Rock 0. For Serena, Ivan Stafford pitched 5 and 2 third innings. Carson Baker came in, struck out 3 of the 4 outs, and got the save. Moving on to Thursday, April 29th. Girls soccer, Byron 3, Oregon 0. Baseball, Putnam County has been hot as of late. 
and defeated St. Bede 12-2-2. Also on Thursday, step away from Sportsman just a second. Sycamore's Ella Sharp, Katie Thurwalt, and Reese Beach finished third in a journalism competition in the video news category. As a lifelong journalist, shout out to the young journalist. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Friday, April 30th, girls soccer, Streeter 2, Cole City 0. For Indian Creek, Emma Turner scored five goals and Emily Assling had two as Indian Creek walloped Rochelle 9-2-2. Baseball, tons of scores here. Putnam County 11, Woodland 1 as they reach 1,000 program wins. Congratulations to the Putnam County Panthers. Wow, wow. They've had some amazing coaches, some amazing players go through the system there, and they deserve every single one of these 1,000 wins. Ottawa knocked off Sandwich. Anawan Weathersfield 11, Princeville 0. This is the first win for the Titans' new coach, Pat Keene Jr. And it was also a win for senior Colton Quagliano, who is their ace pitcher. Dixon 15, Mendota 5. St. B 9, Sherrard 8, and a close one. Seneca 4, Hickley Big Rock 3, and another close one. Sycamore 18, LaSalle Peru 4, Morris 7, Kalen 4, and Yorkville Christian 12, Serena 5. Softball style, Sterling beats Galesburg in a doubleheader 14-0, 12-2. Ottawa 4, Morris 0. Kalen 14, Rochelle 1. Rochelle fall to 0-3 on the season. Newman was helped by Fulton in their contest as Newman had the bases loaded. Fulton walked in the game-winning run for Newman as they take the game 3-2. Sycamore 10, Sandwich 4. Mendota 8, Dixon 6. Seneca on a four-game winning streak as they beat Prairie Central 3-0. In the contest, Maddie Carpenter. 20 Ks, set her own record that she had at 18, which was mentioned on the show just a few days ago, now has the record with 20. Congratulations to Maddie Carpenter. She's a force. Wow. Back to track. The Hall boys and girls beat Mendota. Tons of first place victories for the Red Devils and Lady Red Devils. In Seneca, for the boys. Seneca won with a 127. Pontiac, one point behind them with a 126. Ottawa was third with 72. Fieldcrest, fourth with a 33. Serena, fifth with 12. Girl style, Seneca won again with a 210. Tied for second was Ottawa and Pontiac with a 46. Fieldcrest, fourth with a 35. And Serena, fifth with a 10. Wrestling, back at it. That was the one sport that didn't know if they were going to have anything. After they brought basketball back, it's like, okay, maybe. But they're here. Wrestling is back on the mats. Joliet West beat Seneca 48-29 on Friday. Some more recognitions. Interstate 8 Volleyball All-Conference team. The All-Conference selections featured from LaSalle, Peru. Senior outside hitter Mackenzie DeFrost, she was a unanimous decision. And also for the Lady Cavs, senior middle hitter Ashley Urbanski. For Morris, senior outside hitter Kennedy Dransfield, unanimous selection. And senior setter Jada Less. Rochelle, 
unanimous selection senior setter Claire Green and junior outside hitter Sylvia Haas. For Ottawa, senior setter Lily Miller and unanimous selection for the Lady Pirates, senior outside hitter Piper Nanowski. Sandwich, senior setter Kaylin Brummel. Sycamore, senior setter Mallory Larson, a unanimous selection. And for Plano, senior Anna Gonzalez. Honorable mentions for the Lady Cavaliers, senior libero Jaden Lash and senior outside hitter Ella Thompson. Morris, senior libero Karina Riley, junior setter Alyssa Schultz. Senior outside hitter and middle hitter Afogati from Rochelle. Freshman libero Reese Bergwald from Ottawa. Senior liberos Sophia Datoli and Olivia Tonga for Sandwich. And Sycamore's junior middle hitter Hannah Elkstrom. Congratulations to all those volleyball players for their hard work. One more day of scores, highlights to share with you. Girls soccer on Saturday, May 1st. LP moves to 3-3 three three with a 2-1 victory over Limestone. Bella Lambert and Litzy Lopez with the goals. In another soccer contest, Sycamore defeated DeKalb 2-0. Baseball, Rochelle in a doubleheader. 1-2 against Indian Creek, 17-7, 15-3. Hall did the same against Orion, 13-3 and 28. Henry Sinanchuan defeated El Paso Gridley, 1-2-0. For the Mallards, John Downey got the victory. Mason Johnson with the game-winning RBI. Putnam County, 17, Woodland, 2. Streeter took two in a doubleheader against Piatone, 9-4 and 7-4. Byron beat Stillman Valley, 7-6. Back to wrestling. Sycamore, 48. Ottawa, 30. And can't forget the softball action on Saturday. LP won a doubleheader with Normal Community. Winning the first one, 1-0. Alexa Michael with a winning run as she stole third and home. And then they won the second game, 3-2. Couple tough victories for LaSalle, Peru. Rockridge, 8. Princeton, 0. Orion got revenge of the doubleheader in baseball with two victories over the Hall softball team, 13-2 and 17-6. Stillman Valley, 13, Sycamore, 12. Seneca won two games against Low Point Washburn to keep their winning streak alive at six games. Ottawa and Peoria Notre Dame split a doubleheader on the softball field as Ottawa won the first, 10-0, and lost the second, 1-0. It is awesome to be able to say all these scores, talk about these players, talk with the players, with the coaches. Man, I'm pumped up. I love high school sports. Just the love for the game, just the environment. This is what I live for. Glad that we're able to share it, talk about it, discuss. It's amazing. Very, very amazing. The high school sports segment was brought to you by Shimmer Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership dedicated to being community first. After a bad 2020, in every sense of the term, bad, and that's an understatement. Miserable, despicable, ugh, any of those will work. Mendota Ford wants to make 2021 amazing with style, comfort, and great deals. Stop by and see the different selection of Ford Escapes. They're redesigned. They have great deals. They're in your budget. The Ford Escapes are just a few of the options at Shimmer Mendota Ford as it has a huge selection of new and used vehicles on the lot and even more on the website, www.mendotaford.com.
Sherman.com. Whether you shop online or at Sherman Mendota Ford, located just south of Mendota on Highway 251, manager Ski Hartman and his associates, Jason Hintz and Doug Safranic, will use their expertise and understanding of the vehicle you're looking for to help you roll through 2021 just the way you want. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries at Shimmer Mendota Ford. Sorta local, sorta not now. J.A. Happ, a 2001 graduate of St. Bede, a pitcher for the Minnesota Twins. He has been in the league a long time doing his thing, and it doesn't look like he's aging a bit. On Wednesday against the Cleveland Indians, picked up a 10-2 win after he pitched seven innings, four hits, two earned runs, one walk, three Ks. His ERA is now at 1.96 for the season. He did that 99 pitches through 63 strikes. I was kind of worried for him in the bottom of the second. He gave up a home run, but he got right back to it, did his thing. And this 10-2 win comes after he picked up a win going seven innings with no-hit baseball, gave up a hit in the eighth, but he was about to be on that no-no list. He's been pitching some amazing, amazing baseball. Good for him. Makes us proud here in the Illinois Valley. Another couple rundown items. Marvelous Marvin Hagler, Hall of Fame boxer who passed away in March at the age of 66, is going to have a street named after him in Brocktown, Massachusetts. Not where he was born, but it is where he kind of grew up and got his boxing chops started. He deserves it. He was one of my favorites growing up in the 80s. Him and Sugar Ray Leonard, man, talk about some amazing, amazing fights. Didn't get to see them live, but I've watched them over and over and over and over again. Love boxing, especially in that era, and they were two of the best. He deserves it. Congratulations to his family who are going to be able to walk on that street, see that street, and be like, hey, that's my dad. Hey, that's my grandfather. Hey, that's my uncle. Whatever the relation, that is fantastic. NBA games last night, not going to break them all down. couple that we have to talk about, though. Chicago Bulls, your playoffs are done. They lose to the Hawks, 108-97. They are in 11th. They're three back of the... 10th seeded Washington Wizards for the play-in game possibility, it's over. The trade that they made is awesome, and it's going to work, but they didn't have enough time to gel together, throw in some injuries. Zach Levine hasn't been playing. Nikola Vucevic, who I just mentioned about the trades, he was brought in from Orlando. I'm really, really excited for next year. Just didn't have the time to make the pieces work for this season. I'm not mad at him. Things will turn around. It takes time, and I'm cool with that. I can take the time. Definitely, definitely excited about the future. Just not happening this year. It's over for the Chicago Bulls. The Indiana Pacers put a thrashing on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Beat them 152-97. That is a 57-point differential, and at one point, they were up by 67. I know Oklahoma City Thunder are young, kind of rebuilding mode after losing Chris Paul. But wow, 57-point loss? Eee, that's nasty, nasty, nasty. If I was on that Thunder team, I would want to get back in the gym. They're probably not going to come to Peru, but maybe they should to check out LP CrossFit. Let's face it, there are many, many, many reasons 
why it's hard to get in the gym, right? Time and work schedules, a lack of a support system. Maybe motivation is low. You don't want to be judged or criticized of not supporting a gym rat body. Injuries or physical restrictions. Or you're playing in the NBA. You got to play some ball, but maybe after you lose by 57 points, you need to get a little stronger. There is a place where these no's or maybe's become yeses. LP CrossFit. LP CrossFit, located at the Prue Mall across from Secret Nails, offers a weekly schedule of classes for any level of fitness. It's not one time, not just one day a week. There are many options and classes only last one hour. A support group? LP CrossFit is a diverse community focused on fun and hard work. All members know each other's names and support one another during workouts. Motivation? The trainers at LP CrossFit help you reach your goals and get into the best shape of your life with workouts of numerous movements, including body weight, gymnastic, and barbell. Everyone is guided, pushed, at a productive and comfortable level. If you're an experienced athlete or getting your first taste of physical fitness, everyone is welcomed and viewed as equals. You would go at your own pace. You want to go hard? It's hello, how are you? Go get at it. You want a more relaxed approach? You'll receive the same welcoming. Hello, how are you? Go get at it. Injuries and mobility restrictions are a huge priority at LP CrossFit as all small group classes are coach-led and movements are infinitely scalable for all members. LP CrossFit opens all doors for everyone. Check out LP CrossFit on Facebook or at lpcrossfit.com. Let's go full circle here. We started with the draft. Let's end with the draft first. The whole entire NFL draft was kind of thrown upside down, or at least for a fan's perspective, to see what was going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers tells somebody, hey, I'm not happy with the Green Bay Packers. I don't want to return. What? Aaron Rodgers does not want to return to the Green Bay Packers? It's pretty much the Green Bay Rodgers. It's been your team forever, like 16 years. Why do you want to leave? Some people say his ego. Some people say he just can't play well with others. Some people say... He doesn't like the management decisions. They're giving him winning teams. They're pretty solid year in, year out. And he gets paid a lot of money. Don't know why he's really complaining. He could go to a lot of situations, a lot of different teams, and be in way, 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 way worse conditions. So Aaron Rodgers says he doesn't want to be there. General Manager Brian Guttekunst, I am sorry for butchering your name if I did, said they're not trading Rodgers. The president of the team, Mark Murphy, said they're committed to Rodgers. They don't want him to leave, and they're pretty much not going to let him. So that made the entire draft interesting to see if there was going to be a draft day trade involving the future Hall of Fame NFL quarterback. Other than that, it kind of broke down how you thought it was. Number one pick, Jacksonville Jaguars. If they didn't take Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence, they're boo-boo fools. Number two, Zach Wilson. Quarterback from BYU is selected by the New York Jets after they sent the quarterback that they had just picked up, Sam Darnold. They traded him to the Carolina Panthers for three picks. Between the trades with the Bears and the Jets, the Panthers racked up on picks. The third selection, also a quarterback, is Trey Lance from North Dakota State, went to the 49ers. I'm always worried about quarterbacks from BYU from North Dakota State, from these smaller D1 schools that that don't really run an NFL football-like system 
and it could be disastrous for these young talents. Like I was talking about with Justin Fields. You put them in an environment that they can be successful in. That is really, really hard to do if they can't catch the concepts of it being bigger and faster and stronger and the reads and the X's and O's become way, way, way more involved. They have to learn all this on the fly if they're just thrown into a situation. Zach Wilson is going to be thrown for the Jets from the get-go. Trey Lance, still behind Jimmy Garoppolo, but there's a good chance that he's going to play a lot because Jimmy G is always hurt. We'll see what happens. Atlanta Falcons take Kyle Pitts, a tight end from Florida, with the fourth pick, the highest drafted tight end since 1968. That says a lot about his abilities. A couple other picks I was interested in, Heisman Trophy winner, Devonta Smith, the wide receiver, goes to, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles. How many times do we hear an amazing wide receiver go to the Philadelphia Eagles? It seems like it happens every year. They just flock there because of the system Philadelphia runs with. Smith is going to be amazing, amazing with the Philadelphia Eagles. His senior year at Alabama, over 1,800 yards and 23 touchdowns. His quarterback that threw him the 23 touchdowns, Matt Jones, selected by New England Patriots, the 15th pick. There was a lot of talk surrounding Matt Jones and how he was not great, was not going to be a fantastic fit in the NFL. He has obviously got athletic ability and can be a quarterback. You put him on the Patriots with Bill Belichick, the sky is the limit. This is going to be scary as the Patriots are already rebuilding the foundation of what the Patriots have been. Of course, they lose Tom Brady, who goes and wins the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, but they are building that team, that strong, strong foundation. And there's no doubt in my mind that Mac Jones can be whatever Bill Belichick wants him to be. It's going to be crazy. One more word from a sponsor, and we'll let you go. Listen to the Amboy Girls Basketball Representatives and seniors, Mallory Powers, Abby Payne, and of course, Lady Clippers coach Mike McCracken. It's spring again. It's nice out. Sun's out. It's beaming. Snow is gone. Ice is gone. It might be time to do some home improvements. Olsa Construction works hard to help its customers enjoy the weather by enjoying their home that has been renovated. Brothers Keith Milas and Tommy Olson will use their more than 10 years of experience to take care of your home from start to finish with your thoughts and opinions taken with every step of the journey. The licensed and insured family owned and operated company prides itself in offering family prices with family honesty on any job. Whether it be roofing, siding, windows, doors, stairs, deck designs, floors and tiling, garage additions, room additions, or full remodels. Olson Construction can do it all. For a free estimate, call Olson Construction at 815-910-5982. Check out the Olson Construction LLC page on Facebook or send an email to olsonconstruction19 at gmail.com. Well, that is the action-packed, fully loaded intro for episode 167 of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. I am your host, Brandon LaChance. Catch this show on Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, and the website www.rss.com backslash podcast. That's plural with an S backslash Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Social media, 
Hit us up on Twitter, Edge of Your CP, or Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Any suggestions, questions, want to be a guest, know somebody that would be a good guest, or interested in doing some advertising with Edge of Your Seat Podcast, send an email, Podcast at gmail.com. Let's hear about some basketball. Yes, the basketball season is over, but it is never, ever, ever too late to hear about some awesomeness. And that is the only word surrounding Amboy Lady Clippers basketball because it is an awesome program, awesome coaching, awesome players, the way they buy into the system and put it on the floor. It's amazing. I love watching it. Love talking to them. Let's do this. Until next time, peace. Basketball action in full effect in Illinois. Thank you. I've been waiting for some high school hoops. So we had to get some amazing basketball players and coaches on Edge of Your Seat podcast to talk about the season. This episode is no different. I am talking to Amboy seniors, Mallory Powers and Abby Payne and Amboy coach Mike McCracken. Going to talk to the players first. Mallory, Abby, how's it going? Going well. Good. Perfect. Let's do a little voice recognition so the listeners know which one is which when you're speaking. So, Abby, say hello. Hello. And Mallory, how's it going? Good. Perfect. Let's jump right into this. We're back on the court. How's it feel to be playing ball, Abby? It feels great. I mean, just to be able to play 15 games my senior year, it's a great feeling. Mallory, probably not the way you wanted senior year to be with you and this team because this team has been special for quite a few years now, but you're back on the court. Yeah, I mean, it feels great to be back out there with the teammates for one last chance. I mean, we worked really hard in the offseason and during quarantine to make us the team that we have been throughout the season this year. Definitely. How different has it been playing in this COVID-19 era? I guess we got mass, there's no fans. Or limited fans, they are letting parents in. I think it's up to like 50 people. How weird is that, Mallory? You know, it's really weird. I mean, I miss the atmosphere so much from all the fans coming in from Amboy and different teams. But, you know, you got to be grateful for what you get. And I'm glad we are able to have some spectators here at the games. Abby, has it been weird with the mask? Yeah, absolutely. I constantly pull it down just to get a breath. But it's definitely weird, yeah. Is it hard to play with? Is it hard to breathe running back and forth? Like, I can barely wear a mask going upstairs, more or less, trying to play basketball. Yeah, yeah, it gets a little weird and kind of annoying, but, I mean, it's just something we got to deal with this season. It does seem like they've been cool about mask timeouts. I think they're 90 seconds, and they happen so often in the game. Has that helped out, Mallory? Yeah, it's helped out a lot. I mean, I really look forward to those mass timeouts because we get a break and we get the floor mass down and just get refueled and get back out there. For sure. And we got to talk about gameplay. Even though the season's short, there's not going to be a state tournament. You know, the team's together. We already established that. How is it, you know, getting the opportunity to play with this team? Kind of elaborate on what we've said already because, like I said, this team is special and teammates that you may never have again. Abby, you can answer the question first. How has this season been oh. playing with this group of girls one more time? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a team that, I mean, I don't know. It's just a really special team to play with. Gabby and uh, Bree really stepped up this year. I mean, they're two seniors. And another one's Olivia Dingus, too. She's been really good for us. And then also Madeline McLaughlin returning. Uh, it's just been really good to play with them again. 
You said Gabby. We're talking Gabby Jones. Yeah. Yep. And Bree. Brianna Blaine. Perfect. Thank you. Mallory, obviously, great team to play with, but you and Abby, the dynamic duo of all dynamic duos, two 1,000-point scores, same squad. Talk about that dynamic, that relationship to have on the court. You know, we've been grateful to be able to play with each other for a long time, and, you know, we always know where we are, and our teammates are feeding off of us, and the teammates know where we're at on the court, so they always take it to us. Awesome. Do you guys have, like, a nickname or, like, references? Like, do they call you Batman and Robin or, like, Jordan and Pippin or anything? No, it's usually just Powers and Pain duo. <laughs> I actually like that. Powers and Pain kind of, yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> do both of you like it as well? Yeah. It almost sounds like a wrestling tag team, too. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, one team that you guys run into every single year is Eastland. You guys are ranked one and two. The Poles met each other twice last week, played on Tuesday and Thursday, split the games. Mallory, that had to have been intense games for you guys to get into. Yeah, it was. I mean, we've been waiting for these games, and, you know, we took the loss on Tuesday night, but then we used it as motivation and came back the next day of practice, worked hard, and then threw herself on the court Thursday night. What do you think the difference was between the two games? You know, I thought our defense really locked in with what really matters. We were transitioning on the ball. And then our post players really worked hard on the offensive boards and defensive boards to get it out and get it up the court fast. Abby, was there anything different offensively between Tuesday and Thursday? I mean, you guys put points on the board both games, but it just seemed like maybe something was a little different on Thursday. Yeah, obviously Tuesday, we gave into their defense a lot and we played our game on Thursday. I think that was the major thing that we had to do on Thursday in order to win. Is that the team coming into the season? You had them circled on the schedule like 17 times with the biggest, brightest, boldest lines that you could? Yes, absolutely. That was the big game of the year. Is it safe to say that they're your biggest rival when it comes to girls basketball? Yeah, absolutely. Because you guys have been battling for playoff spots, or maybe not playoff spots, I'm talking like pro sport-ish, but when you get into the tournaments and you're seeing who's going to match up, Eastland Amboy every year is the game that everybody wants to see. Yeah, for sure. What is it about Eastland that makes it that dynamic of a rivalry? I mean, they're a really good team, and, you know, we're playing not so great teams, so every time we play them, you know, it's going to be a battle, and it's just always fun to play them. Mallory, when you see Eastland on the schedule, and you know, especially coming into that week, Tuesday and Thursday, had two games against them, does it make you guys gel together more, step up more, or practice harder because you know who you're going against? Yeah, absolutely. I think from last year when we, we lost that in the sectional, we used it kind of as motivation and uh, going back after them. And we really stepped up this year and took it to them Thursday night. I had mentioned you guys being number one in the poll. Mallory, how did that make you feel to know your team is looked at as being that good? You know, it makes me feel great about my team. I mean, this team is full of unselfish girls that are always knocking down shots and looking always for the next pass. I mean, we're so determined, and this team is so special. I can't even take it for granted. Abby, did it make you feel any different or anything to elaborate on the number one spot rankings? It just really proves how much work we've really put into our girls' basketball program, and it paid off. You know, after that 
sectional loss last year, then going into this season, what were some things that you guys tried to work on? Gel, you know you only had one more year left. What were some things that you tried to focus in on to make your team even better than last year when you guys were an amazing team then? You know, focus kind of more on our defense, getting to the ball every time it's thrown, and um, really gelling together on offense, getting fast breaks and transition and all that. Gotcha. Mallory, how long have you guys been playing together? I know you're high school, it's senior year, but usually that means you've been playing together since you were kids. How long has this team, the main nucleus of it, been playing together? You know, we've been playing since we were little kids. We started off in tiny top basketball when we were really, really little, and then just kind of used it and stuck together throughout our whole years. Are you guys going to shed tears when Amboy basketball is over for you, when you have to graduate? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you going to purposely get held back so you can play another year? I'm thinking about it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you guys do, I will come to more games, I promise. <laughs> Every guest on Edge of Your Seat Podcast, we have play a game, get to know you a little bit better, so we are going to play a game of hot potato. Are you guys ready? Do you got gloves on? I don't want you to burn your hands. Nope, we're good. good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I did say... Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen earlier. Mallory, who do you like better, Jordan or Pippen? Jordan. I also mentioned Batman and Robin. Who do you like better, Mallory? Batman. All right, Mallory. Pepperoni pizza, sausage pizza? Pepperoni. English or math? Math. Let's go Amboy colors. Red, white, or black? Which one's your favorite color out of those three? Red. And... Because it's still snow, there's ice. Winter or summer? Summer. If you said winter, I don't know if we could be friends anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for playing the game, Mallory. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Abby, Jordan or Pippin? Jordan. Batman or Robin? Uh, Batman. Pepperoni pizza, sausage pizza? Pepperoni. English or math? English. Amboy colors, red, white, or black? Red. And the seasons, summer or winter? Definitely summer. Again, if you would have said winter, don't know we could be friends, Abby. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Abby. Thank you, Mallory, for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Really appreciate it. It's been awesome watching you guys play, following you guys. Everything with Amboy Girls Basketball. Thank you very much for joining the show. I really appreciate it. Yep, thank you. Thank you so much. Now joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast, Amboy Lady Clippers coach Mike McCracken. Mike, how's it going, my friend? It's going great. We're into our season far enough and certainly, unfortunately, coming to a close in about two weeks. But, but it, we got something, and that's what's important. You have been around basketball and sports and coaching for quite a long time. Have you ever seen anything like this? Uh, no, not at all. We went through the disappointing stage where we didn't get to go state or we didn't have the chance to go state. And then it got to be where I thought we were going to lose it all. And then we got 15 games given to us. I made them. <laughs> I convinced them. This is, this is good. This is the best we're going to get. We got to be happy with it. And we made the best we could, you know, at that point. 
I was definitely scared we were not going to have a season. I'm a huge basketball guy and wanted something. So I, I agree with you. 15 games, not exactly what everybody wants, but it was something, and they still got to play the game. Exactly. We're pretty happy. We weren't very deep this year. We have 13 players in the program, and we have six seniors, but uh, we, we're just lacking in a few classes and didn't have the numbers, but it, it worked out. We were able to play a JV schedule and get some players playing that level, too. So uh, even though we lose a lot this year, we uh, that's the worst part is we only got to kind of have a half season. But that's, again, like I said, at least we got something. And I was concerned because of, you know, you have records. One, of course, being Mallory getting to the 1,000. Abby would have had an excellent chance to be our number one scorer of all time. She would have done it if she would have had, you know, 30 games. And uh, it was just too bad she's not going to be number one. But, you know, another person, when you ask about the powers and pain together, I looked it up and Delaney Wilhelm and Charlie Doji, they had 2274. And these two powers of pain are at 2245 right now. And that's playing a, a, number, a lot less games, of course. Wow, that's pretty spectacular for the powers of pain. I love that. Powers of pain, I love it. Yeah, they, they enjoyed that too. And, you know, in the paper, I write up the Amboy News article with what little talent I can use. <laughs> I call them the dynamic duo one time. And so. Not like that. That's very creative, but that's the best I can come up with. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's awesome. How long have you been with Amboy's girls basketball as a coach? This is my 14th year. It seems like I just started in a way. <laughs> it goes by it's quick. Kind of bonus, bonus coaching is what I kind of think it is. I did 36 years of boys. You know, I was junior high for eight. Next out for seven. I was assistant varsity for five. And then I was a varsity coach for 16. That was my 36th. And so these 14 years are all after what I thought I was going to do to retire. <laughs> you know, so it's been great. I've coached with my daughter's my assistant. My granddaughter is one of my assistants this year. And, uh, you know, now I'm coaching my second granddaughter. And my third granddaughter has had health problems. She is a my uh, filmer, so it, it's been really good. You have turned this into a family affair. It's been really a lot of fun, and I've got two guys coaching with me that were that I coached myself, and they came over to the girls' side with me, and it's been a lot of fun these fourteen years. And you know, I know I'm near the end, but we'll, we'll just see what I got left. I hear you. Well, I hope you stick around for a while. I always liked and appreciate you as a coach. You do a great job of getting the best out of the team that you have. Whether you have star players like Mallory Powers and Abby Payne or, you know, just a bunch of hardworking players. It seems like you always get what you need out of your team. Uh, that's what you strive to, you know, when you're coaching. And that's one of the boys used to the Forest and Tournament. I had a fan come up to me a long time ago, and that's always kind of was my goal. They said, you're the coach of Amboy? And I go, maybe. I wasn't sure what their angle was. They said, well, I just want to tell you that you coach your bottom five just the same as you coach your top five. And that's what you always have tried. I've always tried to do. You always try to give them all, you know, equal chances and equal amount of your time to try to get them better. 
Definitely. I like your strategy. I like it. How it should be. You said you coached boys for 36 years. Was that at Amboy or were you at different schools? <laughs> that was at Amboy, too. Uh, my wife and I came back and we're going to stay in Amboy a few years and that just happened to, we never left. <laughs> I came close to going to Byron at one time, you know, to make more money because they had a big salary check at the time. My daughter had cancer at the time and she said she didn't want to go, so we stayed. Seems like you don't mind that decision to stick around in Amboy. It was a great decision as it turned out. I could have been happy wherever I went. I really loved being a teacher, and then when I retired from that, I really loved continuing and coaching and then having more time to go. So I, I just worked out pretty well. Sounds like it. And then you're this far into your career, 14 years with the girls, and you get a team like this. The last three years, maybe four, Amboy Lady Clippers have been one of the top in the area and on the radar in state basketball. Yeah, it's been actually a little longer than the three years. We, we've been very fortunate in the last six. And it, it started back with my first granddaughter as far as winning regionals and stuff like that. And fortunately, we never got it past the sectional final. But, you know, I know a lot of coaches that are great coaches and never made it. And I don't know if I'm one of those, but I know I never made it. So when you're in a small school, you... Like you said earlier, you do the best you can. You make them the best you can at the time and learn to enjoy that particular year in whatever way it is, you know. And we've been lucky in girls' basketball where only one time we've been below 500. And that was because we had, you know, a major knee injury that we would have been over 500 that year. We wouldn't have lost, lost the girl. So, you know, you, you hate to see anybody hurt. But you hate to see a, a girl hurt and, and have them lose their basketball season. That, that's happened to a couple of our girls over the years. So you're telling me 14 years as the head coach of the girls' basketball team in Amboy, you've had one season under 500? Yeah. We got 10 wins, but it was one of the, my worst statements I ever made in a game. I turned around, we were beating Mendota in the Oregon tournament. I turned around and goes, this team's going to be all right. Katie Norman's doing a great job of leading She took a couple steps and fell to the ground and tore her ACL. At that point, we were never going to be as good. She tried coming back at Christmas time, played a couple games, and we were instantly better. And she heard it, tweaked it a little bit. The next day, I called her and I said, you know how much I love coaching you? She goes, yes. And I said, well, I want you to give it up this year and get ready for softball, because she wanted to go to college to play softball. So I said, talk it over your parents. I said, I know it's what's best for you, and I don't want you to try to come back a, a third time. So that's what she talked it over and tried a little bit, and never came back. And, you know, she was around the team the rest of the year, but then she got a softball season in, and then went and played softball in college. That had to be a bittersweet decision for you as a coach, having that it wasn't, it wasn't an easy thing to do because, you know, you know how much any coach wants to win. Well, I'm no, no different. <laughs> she gave it a second try, and I wasn't sure it was a good idea. Her parents wanted her to, but she tried it, and then she didn't hurt as bad the second time, but it was already, you know, already hurt. It's just, she was a catcher, and she was able to catch 
a whole season and with a big knee brace on. And what was her name again? Katie Norman. And then her sister Hallie came along and she hurt her knee twice also. Those knee injuries and in basketball are no joke. I know. And, and Hallie hurt her the second time. She hurt it solid ball right before a game. You know, it wasn't meant to be. We would have been sensational with her. And we won uh, 27 or 28, I think. I mean, we would have been so much better with her. She was like um, about a six-foot post. But she could shoot from outside, too. And she's a really good defensive player. You know, that was probably two of my biggest disappointments in my coaching career because that was two of our major injuries. Certainly part of uh, being a coach over a lot of years. Definitely. Doesn't seem like you've had many disappointments with the team that you currently have. No, no. Last year we lost two games, and we just, it was a real rough game at Rock Balls, and we didn't react very well. We came back and got within three and and uh, didn't get a good look at the end, and that was disappointing, but it might have been what we needed, you know, because we, we turned around and won everything until that sectional final. We talked about Eastland being a rival with you guys. I remember some battles with you and Hall when they were, you know, sectional final team every year. There were, there were some battles between you guys. Yeah, we got along coaches-wise real well, so that just added to the situation, you know. As we started getting a, a little better, we started beating them in the Oregon tournament, the Amboy tournament, like, again, it was great. Great battles, and as we got a little better, we, we were able to take on a team that was very challenging. Yeah, you and Brian Holman, who we're talking about as the coach of Hall Lady Red Devils, probably two of the, I don't know we say best. You know, I know coaches are like, oh, don't call me the best. You know, I think we're okay. We're winning games. But two of the top coaches in the area, and to see you guys battle it out, especially in the Amboy tournament, I saw a couple of those Amboy championship final games of that tournament. And you guys are going at it, but always shook each other's hands, said hello. We're always respectful to each other, but those games were always intense. Yeah, we were good coaching friends, and I was fortunate enough to be one of the ones that was choosing the North coach for the IBTA All-Star game and got Brian in there. And I also got Hopkins from Mar- Marquette in there because, you know, they were uh, people that I admired and coached against. And somebody say, well, this year we want to, we need to have a woman. We haven't had a woman for a while. Or this year we need a younger coach. And, you know, that, that type of thing. That was what Chuck Berlinski would ask me to do, you know. And so I was fortunate enough to, pretty easy to think of a Holman and Hopkins as far as them fitting in and doing a good job in, in an all-star game. Definitely. And now Holman is at Serena, correct? Uh, yes, I believe so. I kind of gotten away from that area, so I, I haven't seen it lately. I'm just trying to survive our six weeks. <laughs> I haven't followed teams as much as you would in a normal year. Yeah, no doubt about that. It's been hard as a podcast host to catch everybody and things because everything's moving so fast. We didn't think there was going to be basketball. And then a week before we started playing, it's like, okay, we'll let you play. Here's a schedule. And then, bam, jump right into it. Yeah, it was was really different. Yeah, when you're used to having, well, we used to be in the Oregon tournament always. We would start on Monday and we wouldn't play until the Wednesday two weeks later. So we had 
two extra practices, you might say. So we always had a lot of practice then before the first game. And then, of course, once you got going, you had four games and five days. <laughs> and then a short time later, you were, it seemed like in a wink of an eye, we were playing four more straight in the Amboy tournament. So it was kind of a routine, and it was always good for us. We didn't have to travel much, and, and we got to where we could start winning <laughs> the tournament. Mentioned Eastland briefly with you when I was talking about Hall, but did talk about Eastland with the girls. How important was splitting games with them? Obviously, you wanted to win two, but you lose the first one on Tuesday, but you come in on Thursday and win by double digits. That had to be a good feeling for you. Well, it was. It was I, I looked at them and said, the world is right again, because they were they were crushed after Tuesday night. And their goal was to be undefeated, of course, and then we knew that what we had to do was win on Thursday, and that way, if we went out, we would share the conference, and that's something, you know, you, you didn't have much to go for in those 15 games, but, but it gives you the chance to be conference champs, and we still had to win four more games. We got the win right then that we needed to do to continue. That has been the consensus goal I think from any coach or player that I've seen is, you know, there is no state tournament, there is no playoff, but we can win the conference, which, you know, those are the teams you see every year. Those are the players and the coaches you see every year and get to know pretty well and kind of want to beat them. So even though it's a shortened season, there's still that main goal to beat the people that you need to beat. Correct. Um, Back when we were in the Three Rivers, sometimes it was easier to win a regional than it was to win a conference. Now it's gotten to be where, of course, with Eastland, we we won it last year because we beat them both times, and, and that was an accomplishment, but it wasn't a complete goal that we had. But this year, they had to win one of the two, and we had our sets on both both games, but it just didn't work that way. It was a rough game, and we didn't, we didn't play well. We didn't adjust to the way it was called real well, and we had four more field goals, so we... We were outscored at the line. Well, we had, they had 17 free throws. We had five, so that was no, 19 and 7 is what it was. 19 and 7, and if you give that many free throws up, you're, you're not going to win usually. When you have a bad game and you just know your team didn't play well, how do you go about sharing that with them? I mean, are you direct and like, hey, this was awful, we need to do this? Or do you, maybe not coddle, but are you nice about it? As a coach, what is your strategy to try to, you know, improve them the next game? Like, hey, we can't play like that, like we did on Tuesday, if we want to beat them on Thursday. How did you go about that to make them step up? Well, first of all, it's taken all my life to be this mature. (laughs) So I'm a little bit nicer because I've learned how to coach over the years in different ways and and uh, at one time you know everybody thought Bobby Knight's way was the way and you know you watch different coaches and you you learn to just keep evolving you know and you know after the game the other night I said you know on Tuesday I said we didn't react very well we didn't do what we had to do you know we had too many turnovers but I said what we what we have to do is forget about it and now we have one game we have to do something with. And after Thursday night, we'll feel better, and and then we'll finish the rest of our season. In other words, I was almost rational. <laughs> but, you know, they wanted it bad, and, and the older you get as a coach, the more you realize they want it just as bad as you do. You just learn that. When my son was playing for me in, 
97, but, you know, it was when you lose in the sectional game, it was, you know, you're smart enough to say thank you for the season, thank you for all you've done to, the, to all the players, but you're, you know, they're heartbroken at the time. And in this case, it wasn't our last game of the season. That was kind of the nice part. We can be around each other again, and we do know where the ending is at. You know, we do know where the ending's at. It isn't what we want, but, you know, it'll it'll be special that way because we know that's the ending. You bring up a good point. Nobody that I've talked to has actually addressed it that way, but you're right. There isn't a known ending. Usually you're in the tournament, and you're going to play – until the championship game. That's the mindset that you're going into. And this year, it's like, hey, we know when our last game is, which is really different. That's something as a athlete, coach, you've never had before. It, it, it's completely that way. We, You know, when I was a best out coach and stuff like that, we would end with the tournament at the end. But it was a, we knew where the ending was always. It's something that I think makes it, it, makes it an easier to end with these, these, this team, maybe, uh, again, we're over the feeling that we, we don't get to go to state or we don't have a chance to go to state. We're over that for the most part. You know, I can't go anywhere without somebody mentioning it to me, but, you know, it is what it is, and I came to terms with it. I've had worse disappointment than losing a basketball game because of a lot of health issues with my family. So you just know that, you know, you'll get over it. And, and it's a shame that we don't have that chance, but you know we're, we're going to make the we're making the best of our fifteen game. Well, coach, every guest on Edge of Your Seat podcast plays a game. We have been playing hot potato with your players. We got to let you play as well. You ready for some hot potato? Okay, I do. I can do it. <laughs> All right, I'm going to ask you the exact same ones. We're going to start with Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen. Definitely Michael Jordan. I went to his basketball camp and got to work it for four, four years, and that was really something, being part of that. You worked with Michael Jordan? I worked with my, at Michael Jordan's camp for four years. My son was at Lewis at the time, and Weitzel, the coach at that time, was he was running the camp because he used to be at Elmhurst, and that's where they hosted. So I talk about lucky to stumble into that. And I met some of the most fun guys I've ever been with. You know, I, I met a lot of them in there. And one was Barry Bauer that used to be at Fulton. I knew him already, but he's been at Watika for a number of years now. I met a lot of guys there, but every year you got to have one autograph at least and then have your picture taken with him one, one year. You had to coach a team when you were there. It was just a blast because it was four days long and third night, that would be Saturday, he would play against uh, the counselors that were there, which were college athletes. He would play in a, a game. All we got to do in that game, basically, is be ushers along the sidelines so people wouldn't be coming out there. But it was all week long you saw him. So it was a lot of fun. And you were right there, the best seat in the house, to watch the best player of all time. Right. A couple times that he talked to me directly, usually a couple times a day, but a couple times he he would ask me things, and I would I would uh, revert to being Barney Fife right away. I was <laughs> it was just like I was so happy to talk to him. It was, but I I had a hard time doing it a couple times. Most of the time I was pretty cool about it, but one time he asked me to do a favor, and I 
I felt like I was Barney Fife trying to do it for him. So <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. It, it was it was a blast doing it though. It was that that camp was great. So definitely Michael Jordan though. I probably would have been the same way. I would have been Barney Fife for sure. Batman or Robin? Uh, definitely Batman. He's cooler than Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Pepperoni pizza, sausage pizza. I'll say hamburger. No, sausage, I'll say, of the choice. Not a pepperoni fan. <laughs> and Abby would have said cheese if she would have had the off. She's almost a non-meat person. <laughs> oh, almost. gotcha. English or math? English. Not much on the other. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. Same way here. My stat sheets are fine. That's what, put it that way. <laughs> like that's enough math for you? Yeah, yeah. I always said that. I'm okay with letters and I'm okay with numbers, but why mix them and make algebra? That was my excuse for being not very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense. Amboy colors, red, white, or black? Uh, certainly red. Black clothes. I, I try to have a red vehicle at all times. And if you look at my closet at home, that's all it is, is red, white, black. So there isn't much in there. I almost said red, white, or blue because, you know, that's what you always yeah, say, red, well, white, or blue. Yeah, I, I should be patriotic, but that was, it's just red, white, and black, and I went to Illinois State, so that was pretty much red and white, and they had a little black and some of their stuff back then, too, so. So you've been rocking the red, white, and black. I have not had to change. <laughs> and then, of course, the seasons, summer or winter? You know, I'm a four seasons type guy. But because, you know, I, I love the winter because I get to coach. But I really love the summer now so I can golf. So I, I'd have to say summer right now. I think I can last a little longer golfing than I, than I can coaching, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, we're going to see, aren't we? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thank you, Coach McCracken, for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Appreciate your time and everything that you've been able to do with the Amboy Lady Clippers basketball team. Thanks again for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Brandon. It was a, it was a lot of fun. <laughs>